Welcome to the Jesus Movement Podcast, presented by Awaken the Dawn. We host conversations so you can hear stories from across the movement, receive fresh biblical insights, and gain practical tools to experience more of Jesus's presence in your life, ministry, and city, because we believe Jesus changes everything. Hey everybody, this is Matthew Lilly, your podcast host for today. Thank you for tuning in. I am talking today to my good friend, Nico Peel, the director of Ignite Movement. God is doing some amazing things on college campuses, and Ignite is a ministry that's connected to many campus ministries all over the United States, really, and other movements and ministries happening across cities, but especially with the younger generation, with students, with Gen Z. And uh, we're excited to hear some testimonies and just get a feel for what God's doing right now on college campuses when it comes to evangelism and prayer and discipleship. And these are the things that are burning in Nico's heart, I know. And they're things that we really care about, values that we hold as well. We believe God really wants to reach the next generation. So whether you're young or old, I think you're going to have some encouragement from this episode today. You're going to want to know how to pray for Gen Z, how to connect with Gen Z and connect with students in your life, how to pray for them and be a part of really what God's doing right now on campuses, especially across America. So Nico, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, bro. So good to be up here, man. <laughs> I'm just thinking we go way, way back, bro. I we think do. my senior year in high school. Yeah. So it's been it's been so cool just being able to see and observe each other over different seasons of life and ministry and yeah, at times living in the same city together. So right, right. It's, it's a joy. Yeah, man, it's a joy to be on, on this podcast. Yeah, I remember that. You got, I think it was a random email that I got from this guy that <laughs> lived 20 minutes away and said he was in in high school and, and was interested in our house of prayer. And I said, okay, I'll meet with this guy. <laughs> and uh, little did I know that I would have a, a good friend and um, had no idea how the Lord would use you. Although I got a glimpse of it, even in our first meeting, I could tell that you were just pursuing Jesus really hard and uh, had a lot of vision in your heart already at the time. It was, it was pretty amazing. So maybe we could start there, man. Share a little bit of your story. Like, I mean, you're still a fairly young leader. I know you're growing up and have a couple kids now and all that, but um, yeah. How did you get into leading a ministry that has communities and campus ministry all over America. Yeah. Well, I, I want to go back to where, you know, hearing about the prayer room in Greenville, you yeah. know, I was, you know, in a small town, little Washington, watching uh, God TV, where I was first introduced to IHOP prayer room. And I just, you know, I just, it was very fascinating. And, and I just started researching into prayer room and all that type of stuff and just being exposed to a whole new world that was very different from the church culture that I was a part of. And, and somehow I heard about a prayer room in Greenville and I was like, this is only 20 minutes away from me. <laughs> and so I was like, I mean, in my mind, at like a high school student, I'm just thinking like seeing, you know, prayer room on TV. And I'm just thinking that these types of movements are far away from me. And so it was such, you know, really the Lord and just connecting us. Yeah, and I went to college, and it was while I was in college that the Lord began to stir my heart to see 
really to see my peers know Jesus. And the only thing I knew to do was to pray. And yeah. so I gathered a few people and we started to pray for our campus. And a long story short, we saw God do remarkable. Actually, I believe we invited you, Al. I think oh, you came yeah. and, and spoke yeah. on one of our gatherings. I still remember what I talked about. I, I remember it was Acts 13 in Antioch. I still oh, remember that. It was like, <laughs> it was either in 2013 or late 2012 when I came there, early 2013 or late 2012, I believe. Because I remember I got, the Lord said Acts 13 for 2013. And I remember that was just kind of a thing I carried and yeah, ministry to the Lord. I remember I, I remember that very distinctly. It was amazing what God was doing there. Yeah, yeah. So it was in that context of, you know, we just begin to see the Lord do amazing things on campus, salvations every week and professors coming to our gathering because it was the, the conversations in the classroom, how God was moving. And, you know, my plan was to to be there all four years and to graduate and go into government and politics. And um, my second year there, second semester, I'm worshiping and thanking God for how amazing things were. Like <laughs> we're experiencing revival, although we did not call it revival at that time because we were just praying for a move of God. It wasn't until after looking back, we're like, oh, wow, like the Lord was moving. We were experiencing revival. But I was just thanking God for just how amazing things were. And it was as I was praying, I felt the Lord told me, God, I want you to leave school and give yourself fully as a missionary to college campuses in America. And I cried for like an hour on the floor <laughs> saying no. <laughs> yeah. And it was a very hard decision. But at that time, I was just so overwhelmed by the worth of Jesus. Like mm -hmm. that was like, in that season of my life, that was like, premiere. It was the worth of Jesus. And that really what really just yeah, changed my no to a yes. Like, yes, Lord, I'll go wherever you tell me to go because you are worthy. Yeah. So I, I started traveling across America, spending a lot of times, a lot of time with student communities and collegiate ministries and really getting a pulse of what God was doing in our generation. It was, uh, as I was traveling, I felt the Lord really lead us into the work that we're doing now on college campuses was really out of seeing a need. Uh, we saw that there was a lot of student-led communities that had a heart for revival uh, and awakening on their campus. They were gathering hundreds of young people, but they were disconnected from other like-minded communities. The leaders were disconnected from other like-minded leaders. And also we saw an issue with sustainability. And so Ignite kind of birthed out of um, really uh, seeing a need and and partnering with God to be the answer to that uh, through connecting these uh, communities and leaders and uh, and also by uh, through equipping them. So now uh, we're on several university college campuses. We also have some city movement expressions. Yeah, so it's been it's been a fun journey, and uh, it's I've learned a lot, made a lot of mistakes, <laughs> but it, it has been super rewarding just seeing the hand of the Lord, just changing lives and, and uh, specifically what he's been doing just in our generation is, it's been um, just very encouraging. And so, yeah, man. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's a cool journey. It's been neat to kind of have been with you in various ways along the journey. So as you share the, your story, I'm right there with you <laughs> in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious as you look back, man, like, when I think about you, I think about someone who did a lot. I know you said you a lot of 
made a lot of mistakes and I'm sure you've, you've made plenty of mistakes as we all have, but I also think you did a lot of things right. <laughs> and I was thinking about this. I was like, I think you set yourself up in some really good ways in a number of different ways. You know, when you were very young, even in high school in those days where you started doing things in your life that I think have led you towards the path that you're on now so that you can continue to sort of be in that, that flow with what God has for you and do it in a, you know, sustainable, healthy way. And so as you look back, are there things you look back and go, oh man, I'm glad when I was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old that I started doing this or that I set myself up in this way or that I established this uh, habit in my life? Are there some things you look back on and that you'd say, hey, these set me up for success, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a few things that come to mind. One is is accountability. You know, I was very intentional in just surrounding myself with people who could who was speaking to my life. Definitely during that season of my life, I was doing a lot of traveling and just be able to to come home to people that I can um, share what the Lord is doing in my own heart and really navigating so many things that I didn't understand. I, I was I was very naive and in a way of just, I just believed that everybody had great intentions and loved Jesus. And then <laughs> of course, you know, you get into the, the weirdness of some stuff in ministry and, wow. you know, not knowing how to personally, how to think about those things and having seasoned people in my life to speak into me during those times of like, what is going on here, you know? And so, uh, you know, really creating that, community of older seasoned leaders that can hold you accountable and, and speak into your life. I'll say this is one of those areas. Another area is, I would say is rhythms of rest. Uh, mm. I, I try to be as intentional as I can in my single years of just resting, taking time to just to be with the Lord. One of my mentors, she said, you want to live in a way in your single years that you look back and you have no regrets. Right. That you, of course, we're all different seasons in our lives when, you know, we get married, have kids, but you can look back at your single years and say, like, I gave it, I, I ran hard for Jesus and I gave it my all. And so a lot of that was like in the forefront of my thinking, you know, um, and a part of, of that was, was prioritizing rest. And so, mm. um, so I just created these rhythms of rest. And uh, I made sure I, I travel out of town once a month, non-ministry related, just to rest and spend time with friends. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I could go on with a few more things, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, those are great. Those are great. So let's do the, let's do the flip side. If you, if you went back and could go talk to 17 year old Nico, is there anything you might would uh, say to yourself? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say to be. Let's see how I can word this. I'll start with this. Uh, our our state motto for North Carolina is really cool. Mm -hmm. It's uh is to is to be rather than to seem. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes in ministry we have this temptation because we're inspired by so many other expressions and movements, and that end up becoming a motivation for us. And, it, and I I personally believe that Christ is the motive, but we can be inspired by other people that Christ has to be the motivation. And sometimes for me, that line got a little blurred. Right. And so I, I've noticed mistakes I've made in ministries of making decisions of how things could seem versus how it, it really was. Um, 
And I don't know if that makes sense at all. Yeah. So, so those are things, and, and those are things I still have to, you know, check my heart. Even now, I, I still check my heart on those areas and making sure that the motives are pure and that Christ is, is the motivation, is the motive and to be encouraged, inspired by other things, but, but to follow, to follow Jesus and not, not necessarily people or movements. Sure. Yeah. I think it's just pretty natural when you're young. I mean, what that's the only way you can learn, right? Is you have to kind of pull from different places. It's probably the same way with how you preach or how you lead worship or, you know, whatever it is you do, you kind of have to copy people a little bit to, until you can kind of find your own voice and your own footing and in, in what, you're, what you're called to do. But yeah, just to, just to learn to find who God really has made you to be, not just trying to, to do what everybody else is doing, so to speak. So that's awesome, man. I, you know, you talked about prayer and, and maybe we could go there first because, you know, you said you had this prayer movement on the university and that's really what sparked the revival and then led to the launching of you traveling and doing Ignite and that kind of thing. So you've kind of already touched on this, but in your in your mind, what's sort of the role of prayer in seeing revival and seeing, you know, movements on campus ministries? How have you seen the importance of prayer in, you know, especially for young people. Yeah. Well, first of all, I was just sorry. Prayer is first and foremost, you know, and it's not just where we start is where we stay. Mm. And, and I think, you know, I, I've been you know, just thinking about the early church and how, how so much prayer was central. And when they experienced quote unquote success in ministry, that they went back to the place of prayer. You know, I, I think about you know, Acts 2 and, you know, the Holy Spirit comes, they're filled with the Spirit, they go and preach the gospel. You know, thousands are adding to the kingdom in a day, you know, and they they go back to the place of prayer. And then later on, they, they experience persecution, right? Yeah. And they go back to the place of prayer. And so I think we had to keep prayer as first and foremost and and as the the priority. And, um, you know, I, I would say just in the collegiate space of like stories of how I've seen the Lord used prayer. I'm just on, on more specifically to intercession is praying for the loss is something mm -hmm. and praying for people by name. I don't know how many stories uh, of just us having a list of people and we're calling out their names before the Lord and us walking campus and have this pull towards a certain individual. And we feel like, Hey, I need to go talk to that person. And you talk to the person, you kind of find out as a person that you've been praying for a person wow. that another friend brought their name before the group and said, hey, let's pray and contend for this person, right? And um, I remember one year at NC State, a group of, of students went to, to one thing conference and, you know, of course, the conference was amazing. And we came back and we're like, let's just pray. Let's contend for salvations uh, for our peers. And, and so every day we're gathering, praying for students. And in that particular season of prayer, nearly over half of the people that we pray for end up giving their lives to Jesus by the end of that semester. Mm, amazing. Yeah. And, and, you know, what it did to our faith and the power of prayer, and especially, you know, among college students, like, wow, this, this really works. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, so I, I believe prayer is, is first and foremost. And I, and I, I believe we have to prioritize the place of prayer, you know, whether it's church community, campus community, and that's something you know, with Ignite that we prioritize that may be one of our uniqueness, you know, in comparison to 
other national campus ministry um, is the culture of prayer that we want. We want to see our campuses saturated with a culture of prayer and worship. We want, you know, a person to not be on a campus more than 10 minutes without seeing some type of expression of Christ on campus, whether it's students having a Bible study, whether it's students out on the lawn worshiping or praying. We want parents to to want to bring their kids to college because they know they're going to encounter Jesus. So mm, I love that. Well, relation to the power of prayer, uh, I know the Collegiate Day of Prayer is coming up. This episode will go out, I think, about a week or so before the Collegiate Day of Prayer. I know you've been connected with that ministry, so maybe just share share about that with everyone so that uh, so that we can be joining with you and praying over college campuses. Yeah, so Collegiate Day of Prayer is is February the twenty third, and uh, it's is really one of the the longest like prayer meetings in in America history, and we potentially want to adopt every single college campus in America in prayer. So, our website Collegiate Day of Prayer, you can go on our website and you will see a place where you can adopt a campus, and there's every university campus in America is listed. And so our prayer that our hope is for every year that every single campus on the Collegiate Day of Prayer uh, will be prayed for by name. And so whether it's, you know, your school that you went to, whether it's a school in your neighborhood, we want to encourage everyone to, to go and, and adopt a campus. Yeah, awesome. Good. And I, I just want to encourage everyone who tunes in, everybody in the ATD world, please go on the website, adopt a campus, pray, pray, pray. For the next generation, because as Nico shared, and as you guys all know, it makes a huge difference, and we want to see revival. You said prayer was a unique aspect of Ignite, but I think you got revival is really, you know, what you guys are going after. And obviously, if we want revival, we know every historic revival has been preceded by great uh, expressions of prayer, whether that's in the Bible or throughout church history. So. What would you suggest, Nico, as people are praying, even on Collegiate Day of Prayer or just praying for the next generation? Are there a couple things you would say, hey, these are a couple, you know, ways to target as you're praying for for students and young people? Does that make sense? How could how can we be praying? Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we can be praying for for the next generation, you know, whether it relates to the increase of suicide rates, the mental illness epidemic the depression, anxiety rate that have increased. I think there's so many different specific things we can pray for the next generation, you know, but, you know, I, I believe something that I'm just seeing among the next generation is that the Lord is putting a, a spirit of, of boldness and courage on the next generation to be the answer mm. and to share the good news of Christ to their peers. So, yeah, I, I'll just say pray, you know, for, pray for the issues, but also pray for the next generation of believers that are on college campuses. Right. Uh, that they will respond to the call of Christ to share their faith and to, to be a place of community for their peers. Yeah, good, good. So you're saying we want to pray for the lost and their issues, but really pray for the believers because there's Christians on these campuses. And if they will engage in participate in the Great Commission, and they will pray, and they'll be that salt and light in their campuses, then that's how uh, things are sparked. That's brilliant. You know, I think about the New Testament apostolic prayers, you know, they're, they're aimed at churches. Most of the prayer focus in the New Testament is actually for the church, because if the church 
you know, acts as we should, yeah. <laughs> then we're going to reach the lost, right? If we're awakened, if we are sent, if we realize who God, who Jesus is, his work, we realize who we are, then we will impact the world and we'll see the transformation, but he's going to do it through us. Um, and obviously we should pray for the lost <laughs> because you just, you talked about that too. Um, but yeah, pray for the Christian students on campuses. I love that. That kind of um, sounds to me related to this. I know you guys released a devotional book with Ignite. It seems like it's about evangelism. I haven't seen it, but I've seen the the post about it and that kind of thing. It sounds like maybe that's related to what you're talking about and seeing students going out and sharing their faith. Yeah, yeah. So we just released a devotion. It's called Beyond uh, Embracing the Outward Focus Heart of Christ. So yeah, um, this, this past summer, uh, we always have our, our yearly national summit and we introduce a theme. So this past summer, we introduced a theme of beyond. And then we produce this resource as, you know, as a resource for students and whoever. It's not just geared towards young people, um, but we release it for them to be able to, at a very, at a heart level, begin to engage in a place of prayer and conversation with God to cultivate this sense of of the outward focused heart of Christ. And so we're really calling a generation to really to see the need and to be uh, to be the answer. And so, so yeah. So the book is available everywhere you can buy books. And we we start with heart issues. You know what type of heart is needed um, to to live beyond a heart of of compassion and surrender and conviction and heart of faith. And then we hit on issues such as. Um, hit on issues such as like the orphan crisis, Mm. evangelism with community, biblical justice, caring for the marginalized, um, being Christ-centered, unity in cities and on campuses and so forth. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, that's great, man. Well, I'd love to just kind of open it up and just like, just hear your heart on like, I know you're connected to so many different campuses and uh, different communities and movements and things like that. And We've kind of touched on a few different things, but just like, what's your general feeling about like what's happening <laughs> on college campuses? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of people are hearing, you know, Gen Z's not, not following Jesus anymore. You know, it's a small percentage. There's everybody, they're riddled with anxiety. There's, you know, they're embracing unbiblical lifestyles, et cetera, et cetera. You hear a lot of, you hear a lot of that negative uh, communication, but I always know that God's working too. So I'd love to just, you know, get a sense of of sort of what you're seeing, what you're feeling as you talk to some of your leaders and some of the folks that are in Ignite. Uh, what's your sense of like what what's God doing? What's God saying right now on college campuses? Attention, pastors and ministry leaders. We want to invite you to an ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, Utah, July 26 through the 28th. This ATD Leadership Summit is for leaders from across America that carry a shared value of hosting the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer and gospel proclamation. Our Awaken the Dawn team will be hosting the event, including David Bradshaw, Matthew Lilly, and David Valier. When you join us for this summit, you will experience real and refreshing connection with like-hearted leaders in an informal, fun, and relational environment, including four free meals together. Teaching and training sessions catered to pioneering presence-centered ministry leaders, spirit-filled and life-giving times of worship, 
prophetic ministry and prayer to refresh your heart. Interactive breakout sessions and workshops to dialogue about practical ministry challenges and a regional worship and prayer gathering the weekend after the summit. To learn more and register, go to awakenthedawn.com today. Again, join us for the ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, July 26th through the 28th. Register now at awakenthedawn.com. We can't wait to see you there. Yeah, and I mean, you're exactly right, you know, with the statistics out there with concerning the next generation and Gen Z can be very depressing, but I'm encouraged when you look at some of the statistics and research on Gen Z believers. Um, I was reading a research that is around 78% of Christian teens who said that they have had faith conversations with their peers. That's um, awesome. And so that's, that's very, that's very encouraging. So another yeah. statistic out there I heard over was nearly like 50%. 50% of Gen Z said they were interested in some type of like mission work. Wow. So yeah, so there's some encouraging stuff out there, but from what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing, going back to what I said earlier, I really do sense that there is a spirit of boldness and courage that the Lord is putting on the next generation hmm. uh, as they are seeing the crisis, as they're seeing the increase in suicide, they're, they're seeing their peers that are drowning in depression and anxiety, that they are rising up to be the answer to, to these issues. Uh, a lot of our campus communities are faithfully gathering once or twice a week, sharing the gospel on campus, preaching the gospel. You know, we hear about, you know, the TikTok uh, evangelists out there. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, so I really feel like God is doing something special in this generation. I, I don't know if you remember, I believe it was in 2018, there was a shooting in Parkland, Florida. And that was one of the first times that we saw like Gen Z get like a national spotlight. The Time Magazine did an issue on, on these activists for gun reform, Gen Z. Gen Z students created something called March for Our Lives and they gathered hundreds of thousands of young people from all across the nation, marching in, in, in cities. And I just remember getting a sense in my heart as I'm watching all of this and seeing for the first time, like the voice of Gen Z being amplified nationwide, that the Lord was, that there was something unique on this generation, that the Lord was going to use this generation, uh, that they were going to leverage their influence for, for the sake of the kingdom. And I, I think we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing once students give their life to Jesus, that they are all in and they're leveraging all of their resources all of their relationships, all of their platforms, social media platforms and connections for the sake of the kingdom. And it reminds me of Jesus, how, you know, he never tried to keep his reputation intact. He always put it at risk, right? You know, mm -hmm. he didn't try to maintain the, you know, try to maintain his reputation by uh, giving into the status quo. He always actually yeah. put it at risk. And, and I see a generation that's, that's putting their, their platforms at risk by being bold and sharing their faith, by being bold in, in proclaiming the good news of Jesus to their peers and evangelism and preaching the gospel. And so I, I think that, that the Lord is doing something special and unique in this generation, that he is, that there is a spirit of boldness and power yeah. and courage 
And so I, I am very hopeful uh, for, for what God is doing in our day. Yeah. Well, that's some good news. That's awesome, man. I kind of feel like, you know, in, in previous generations, Christianity, you know, was still sort of the cultural norm in America, at least, you know, and even if it was some kind of nominal version of Christianity, it was still just kind of normal. You know, it was like every, every a lot of people would go to church, even if they weren't real zealous for Jesus or whatever. And I feel like that's pretty much, we're, we're, we're past those days now, you know what I mean? And it's like, mm-hmm. it's not normal anymore to go to church on a Sunday morning for most of our culture. But so I feel like those that are following Jesus and when they're the minorities, it's like, if you're going to be in, you're going to really want to be in because yeah. there's really no other reason to be, right? It's like, you don't have a reason to be a believer unless you really believe and unless you're really ready to follow Jesus. So I love that what little bit I've seen, even though I don't see as much as you do, is is the same way. It's like those that you find that, that are following Jesus in the next generation, like they're all in and they're like really going hard after the Lord and sold out for whatever he wants. And so that's super encouraging. So if that's kind of the general feel, do you have any other testimonies or stories of things that maybe are happening on some of the communities and campuses you're connected with? You know, I think the biggest thing that I think I'm more, I'm, mostly encouraged by is just the faithfulness and sharing the gospel. All of our communities are are faithfully sharing the gospel on their campus on a weekly basis. Mm. Uh, we just had our, our national summit this past July, and um, there was a few students from App State that were there, and they went back to their campus and they started gathering students to worship. And, you know, as of now, their worship gatherings is they, they meet at a local church near App State, is pretty much from one end to the back. I mean, it's, it's, it's packed. Students are gathering regularly and they're planning to ignite, start establishing a night community, a night community there. I was, uh, something that I'm also seeing is not necessarily associated with our movement, but friends of ours from, um, you may be familiar with, you're definitely familiar with Every Nation and Bryce Brooks oh, yeah. and God's Not Dead. But I mean, they've been doing tons of gatherings on college campuses and having students, so many students give their lives to Jesus. I don't remember the exact numbers, but I know on some campuses, it's in nearly a hundred students are giving their lives to Jesus in, in these uh, evangelistic gatherings. And so I, I really feel there is such a response to the, the preaching of the gospel right now. Um, and mm. we're seeing students who are faithfully sharing the gospel and we're seeing students respond. That's amazing. What else could you ask for is Students getting saved. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Following Jesus, come on. I love it, man. Well, cool, Nico. Any, anything else, man, you, you'd like to share with uh, share with everybody? Is there anything the Lord's speaking to you lately or just kind of stirring in your heart or, or anything that you'd like to share with the Waking the Dawn network and family? Yeah. You know, um, I'll just say this. I think, you know, community and family is important um, mm. in, in, in everything I'm sure of what God is doing on college campuses. You know, we're seeing it, it happening in the context of community and family. And uh, I think just we're even seeing through gatherings that's happening in conferences. I know this, I, I feel like there, we're in a, a whole different season of the body of Christ. It relates to type of gathering, but we're seeing uh, the gatherings where people are showing up is where where family and community is is prioritized. Right. And so I, I believe the Lord is, is you know, we, we say it a lot, revival is family, and we use the family language. I really believe God is making it a reality. I believe there's been moments of testing 
and and I believe that he is making it a reality. So we were built for community with people and with God, and there are certain treasures that we can only receive in the secret place with God, and there are certain treasures that we can only receive in the context around a table in community. And so it's important that we embrace both that secret place lifestyle and also we embrace community in the context of a family with other people um, and, and discerning what God is doing and being encouraged in our faith. And I, I believe it add weight to what, to what we're doing. I believe, I mean, we're, we're seeing among college students um, that we're not just sharing the gospel, but we're inviting them into a family mm. and we're inviting them into a community. And so, yeah, man, this, this, that's, so good. that's what's on my heart. Yeah, I love that. I was, I've been thinking lately about how individualistic we tend to even read the scriptures, like the way we approach the Bible as we're reading, like Paul's letters, for instance. And, and if you, but if you stop and realize he's writing to churches, he's writing to communities, and even like the imperative to obey some of the things he's commanding and teaching them to do, it wasn't just something that we have to try to do on our own, but it's something we do as the church. We respond as God's people to the word of God, whether that's prayer or mission or evangelism or whatever it may be, that we tend to just sort of go into that Western individualistic mindset by default. And we have to realize that like God isn't necessarily thinking that way and the New Testament isn't necessarily speaking that way. And we have to enter into you know, that understanding that God has called us to be a family. God has called us to be the church together and that we're supposed to live out this thing of following Jesus together, not just on our own. So obviously we have to make our personal decision for Jesus in our heart. We have to follow him. We have to have a personal relationship with him. But so much of Christianity, I believe, is to be lived out together. Yeah. And in some ways that's that's a relief to me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Cuz it's like it's not all on me, you know. It's we're doing this together. And if you're strong in one thing and I'm weak in another, we can help each other and um, vice versa. So, yeah. I love that. I love that too, man. I always, you know, just from what you were saying, I just imagine, you know, the scripture that was written to communities, of course, in those days a lot it was just read out loud right yes I, I can i can imagine as these words and letters are being read out loud as it was being received it, it, it wasn't just being received individual individual by the individual but by the community as a whole i imagine right. just looking at him at each other saying like hey how are we going to live this out together it was this sense exactly. of, of accountability mm. um, that they held each other to to live out these promises of God together. And um, I always think about the one of Paul's prayer when he says, I, I believe in uh, Colossians, he says, I pray this prayer for you without ceasing, that you'll be mm-hmm. filled with the knowledge of God's will, with spiritual wisdom, understanding, patience, and endurance. And yeah. just thinking about it, that was written to a community. You know, it's like, I, I pray that you as a community, the church of Colossia, will right. be filled with the knowledge of God's will, that you will know what he is calling you as a people, not just right. as a person, but as a people and, and how to build according to his blueprint, spiritual wisdom and understanding and patience and endurance. And so I, I believe, I believe community family is, is just very vital in, in living out revival as even as we believing for God to do more, I believe it is sustained 
through community, is sustained through a people who is discerning what God is doing and living that out together and keeping each other accountable in the process. Yeah, come on. That's so good. I love that. Thank you for sharing about that. That wasn't on our agenda, but that was fantastic. (laughs) Well, hey, to wrap this up, feel free to just share a little bit about how people can connect with you or Ignite. I know we mentioned the devotional book, so people can check that out. But yeah, any events or resources or ways that people can follow you personally or Ignite, feel free to just share what you guys have going on. Yeah, yeah. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. If you're a college student out there, we we are hosting a campus movement weekend exclusively just for college students in Greenville, South Carolina. All the details are on our website, ignitemvmt.com. You know, we're we're hosting our national summit at the end of, of July this year. It'll be Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, so if you are a next-gen movement leader, whether it's a young adult, college ministry, young adult ministry at a church, a campus ministry, just a college student, come out, hang out with us, get encouraged and equipped, and and we want to help you uh, reach your campus and your city for Jesus. Awesome. Perfect. We'll put put all the links in the description and everything so people can click through and uh, and find you guys. Well, let's just close out in prayer. Nico, would you mind praying for anyone that's, that's listening today? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, we love you and we thank you for your presence, your presence yes. in our life. And I pray, Lord, that you just make us aware. You'll make us aware of your presence even now, Lord. Those who are listening um, to this podcast, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you will make each person aware of your presence, Lord. Jesus, that we will become aware of your love for us. Yeah, and I pray, Lord, that you would just renew our hearts, Lord, with just fresh love for you as we receive your love for us. I ask, Lord, that you will just renew our hearts with a fresh love for you as we experience your love for us. And Lord, I pray that you give us grace and eyes to see you, how you are moving our lives, how you are moving in our cities, on our campuses, in our communities, and our families, that you give us vision to see you clearly and that you will give us grace to follow you. And we just declare that you are our perfect leader. And we ask, Lord, give us vision to see you mm-hmm. and give us grace to follow you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus' name, we love you. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Yeah, Nico. of course. Thanks for inviting me, man. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We would love for you to hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're using so that you can continue to get episodes like this every month. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor and please share it with your friends and post it on social media. Be sure to tag Awaken the Dawn in your post so that we can reshare that with all of our friends as well. If you're tuning in on Apple, please leave us a rating or review. And if you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up like button and leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's episode. And we really appreciate it. Finally, please visit our website at awakenthedawn.com. You can find out more about our ministry and movement, and you can also make a donation to help support this podcast and the Awaken the Dawn ministry. Thank you again for tuning in today, and don't forget, Jesus changes everything.